Development of Ports Talk, this is the true story of three strangers picked to work at the camp together and have their lives modern. Fun as we stop being polite and start getting real on Eric. This is Miss Paige Lee. Easy tell them, Pop Pito, Daddy Dick them down. That's about it. Wow. Every week you're just dropping more and more off. Yeah, I know. The people said my intro was too long. They said they wanted to get to just hearing me talk about the great topics I talk about. Who's the and people? Said, yes, the people. Mm. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> well, hey, we're back. We're still quarantined. Life has not changed much. Um, besides that, we are pretty much putting out two podcasts a week now. We have the happy hour edition that we record and probably drop Fridays or Saturdays, depending on how drunk I get during the episode to then put it out. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, share it, listen to it. If you want to hear some wild, reckless, very, very unfiltered thoughts on the happy hour edition, that's where you definitely want to go. Absolutely. Is this our seventh quarantine episode? Um, yeah, because we put out three happy hours and I guess three yeah. of these. So yeah, probably our seventh total. Nice. I know we've been quarantined for, what, like three or four weeks, but it's felt like an eternity to me. Yeah, same. It didn't really hit me until this weekend, and then I was like, oh my gosh, when can I go do something? I, like, if I didn't work, I don't think I would really know what days of the week it were at this point. Yeah, because after so long, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, it's just like going through the same thing, running through the same activities. My eating schedule is like completely gone to shit. I don't even eat on a normal time anymore. Yeah. Let's see, what can we start off talking about? Um, Quarantine meals. So I've been back on my overnight oats strictly because I need like some type of routine. So at least if I make my oats, I have to go and grab them in the morning to eat. So that's like a small thing that I've been doing. But then pretty much I've been doing the same meals that I always eat, which is just like chicken, broccoli for the most part. So I've been pretty consistent with that until it hits like 11 and then I just binge eat for an hour before I go to sleep. (laughs) There you go. Love to hear it. I got to say my go-to quarantine meal is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I mean, I eat that a lot for lunch regardless, like even before the quarantine. Oh, I didn't really like, I mean, I love PB&J, but like I wasn't really doing it that often. Normally I like, I cook pretty often, but here recently I'm just like, no, fuck it. Like I'll just make a sandwich and go with that. Are you toasting the bread yet? No. Oh, let me tell you something. You get a little light toast on that bread. Peanut butter gets a little warm. Game changer, dude. Have you ever had deep fried PB&J? See, why do we always have to deep fry everything? <laughs> See, I wouldn't want a deep fried one, but like a grilled PB&J, kind of like a grilled cheese is fire. Never thought about a grilled PB&J. That shit hits different. But how is it different from it being toasted, really? The only difference is... Like, you're going to grill it in butter unless you're a nasty fuck who does oh, mayonnaise. No, That's some weird no. shit. Oh, like, you're going to do your grilled cheese and butter, so it's going to be the same as that. But now you got a nice toasted 
buttery grilled PB and J as Ooh. opposed to just regular toast. So it adds another flavor component. Mm. I'm not mad at that. I feel like that'd be really messy. Like, because I understand that you put you put the butter on the bread and go ahead and toast that. But like, do you have to put the peanut butter and the jelly on the bread when it's already in a skillet? Or do it beforehand? No, you make the sandwich and then you butter both sides of the bread and then you toast it. Oh. Gotcha. I'm going to have to try that. I was thinking like how you do a grilled cheese, like bread, cheese, bread, and then flip it. You're saying make the sandwich and then grill it. Gotcha. Is that not how you make the sandwich? Yeah, do you not make the sandwich? I make grilled cheese. I make the sandwich and then I toast it. No. What do you do for your grilled cheese? (laughs) Wait. (laughs) No, I feel like I'm doing it wrong. I'm not saying you are, but you might 100% (laughs) be doing it wrong. You might be making it more complicated. (laughs) No, I get everything out. Butter the first piece of bread. Go ahead and put it Mm -hmm. down. Put the cheese. Let that cheese melt. Butter the second piece of bread. Put it on there and then flip it. Yeah, I just feel like you're adding an extra step. Why couldn't you just make it butter both sides and you're done? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest, I don't have a good answer for that. It's like a realization where you're just like, someone tells you something that like you've been doing your whole life that's so simple. And you're like, wait, I've been doing like five more extra steps than I've ever needed to do. My whole life is a lie. Yeah, it's like when you tie your shoes and someone shows you like a quicker way to do so. And you're like, wait, what? Well, damn. I'm going to have to try that. How has no one told you about this grilled cheese beforehand? (laughs) Yeah, like for real. Well, I just like, how does the butter not get everywhere? What do you mean? You put it on the, just on the bread. I know, but if it's on both sides of the bread, you have to hold the sandwich. What? To put it in. (laughs) Are you sure you know how to make a a grilled cheese? Oh, I feel so stupid. I'm just trying to figure out what the where the butter's going. It's on the outside of the sandwich, yeah. right? So my my protocol for grilled cheese making, I make the grilled cheese. Like I make the sandwich. We don't really have to get into that. So I put the <laughs> belongings in between the two pieces of bread. It's probably gonna be a ham and cheese sandwich. I don't like just regular grilled cheese. So I put the sandwich together. Then I butter one side of the bread. So now you got one side of the bread butter. Mm-hmm. And then I take butter and put a little bit in the pan. Let the pan heat up. The butter starts to melt. The side of the bread that I didn't butter, I put down first. So it starts oh. toasting on the butter in the pan. And then I flip it. And then I'm done. Okay, so you were leaving that part out. Was I? I just I assumed... everybody was doing this. <laughs> I just assumed you buttered both pieces of bread. And then I was like, how the fuck are you not getting butter everywhere? If the whole outside of the sandwich is covered in butter, but I didn't realize the butter in the skillet part goes mm, first. Yeah, I didn't think that far ahead. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, hmm. wow, who would have thought we would teach Paige how to make a proper grilled <laughs> cheese today? Proper. <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna have to do that after this. <clears throat> as how have you uh, I've been seeing you, you're cooking up a lot these days single father meal of, of the oh, year award kind of stuff a lot of single father I, I think counting I've got like 12 13 in a row uh, I like to let the listeners know 
If any of you have started following Ethan from his spot appearances on here and have managed to get in his DMs and then add him on Snap, his single father of the year was Cat. <laughs> he was clout chasing. The nigga is nobody's father, let alone nobody's single father of the year. The meal looked broke. I just wanted to get that out. Um, <laughs> outside of that, outside of that, uh, yeah, I'm cooking breakfast probably three, four days a week. A lot of my breakfasts are really just a bowl of cereal. But when I'm not, then yeah. I've been on a wing kick lately because Walmart is out of everything but chicken wings. And I don't know why that's a thing, but they're like reasonably priced. They have like eight pound bags for like nine dollars, so you can't really beat that. So I've been on a wing kick. Yeah, I, I'm not like frying them or anything. Just, just baking them. Season dry seasoning them first. A little bit of slap your mama paprika, salt, some cayenne pepper. Make sure they got a nice like season to them before you do anything. Bake it at four hundred for forty five minutes. Pull them out. Put them in a bowl. Get a saucepan. Melt a little butter. The butter is key. And then pour some hot sauce in there. Texas Peak is my preference. Mix that up for about five minutes. Get another pan. Pour that Sweet Baby Ray's Hickory Barbecue in a pan of butter. Get two of those going for about five minutes. Get two separate bowls. Shake them up. And you got barbecue wings and you got hot wings. Now, what is the texture of these wings? What do you mean? Like, what's, what are we talking? Soft, crispy, just right? What are we talking here? Oh, hell no. All I'm eating is crispy. These are... Um, since it's baked and not fried, like the baked texture should always be crispy if you do it right and do it long enough. It's 45 minutes at 400. It's a nice crispy, but the meat is nice and tender and juicy fall off the bone. Just making sure. I mean, they've been looking good, but like, you know, some people make things look good. Doesn't mean they taste good. I mean, the key is really in the sauce. People don't notice. You got to put your sauce in butter. If you don't do it, I'm going to know that you didn't do it and the wings aren't going to taste right. So they need, they absolutely need butter. You can't just get a basic like buffalo sauce and pour your wings in there. Hell no. You got to get a pan of butter, not a big, like a tablespoon of butter, melt it down and pour a ton of sauce in there and let it cook and heat up for about five minutes. That's going to help it stick to the wings without it being like overly saturated because I don't want like soaked wings. Yeah. Butter's the key. Hmm. You learn something new every day. Dude, we even, we even just like fucking the Food Network over here teaching people how to uh, cook things up. Big facts, big facts. I might have to go look to get some wings now because I've been fiending for some wings recently. Yeah, man, I really fucked those wings up. I think I'm going to take a break today and go like, I don't know, ramen <laughs> or... Speaking of people who have been really living it up recently, 6ix9ine is officially back home, guys. Hate to hear it, but we knew it would happen. I mean, people didn't think he was going to make it out the gutter. People didn't think he was going to make it out of prison. And now he's done both. Let it be known. A few of us on here said that he would be fine in prison. One of us did not. Paige Lee was the one who did not. Honestly, I don't even remember what I said half the time. That's a real mood. I don't remember things I say on the podcast more often than not. <laughs> yeah. 
I really, I really <laughs> figured somebody would have killed him by now, though. No, nah, there wasn't. For being a snitch. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds better than it is. Wait, I feel like George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman killed a man and still walk around do shows and everything. Nobody killing niggas for snitching no more. <laughs> no way. But um, he is home. I can't believe that he got out just on getting well, getting house arrest just because of you know coronavirus fears. Um. I'm not I'm not necessarily like shocked by it, nor am I like mad at it. I know some people are like upset that he's out and this that. I don't really care that much. But honestly, the whole state of New York is on lockdown, a stay at home fucking quarantine. It's one of the stricter states in the country when it comes to this type of stuff. Him at home ain't gonna be much different than him in jail. But like he not going nowhere. So it's almost the exact same effect because, like, I guess the only difference is everyone's kind of on house arrest now. So it's not like any super big punishment, but he's still just as punished. Yeah, but I mean, being on house arrest and being in jail has to be very different, obviously. I don't know, man, because Kodak Black be on fucking Instagram live in prison. I mean, when you run the place, though, like, that's that's what you do. Yeah, if you run the place, you can do whatever you want. I know the uh, defendants. Not the defendants. What's the what's the cross-examining lawyer? The lawyer that's trying to put the Oh, uh, the prosecutor? The prosecutor or whatever wanted the judge to institute a social media ban during his house arrest, but that didn't get uh, upheld. So this nigga will be on social media heavy. Why would they want him not being on social media? Um, because that was like the thing was since he was supposed to still be in jail right now, he wasn't granted house arrest the first time he applied, which was like back in the winter when he was first sentenced. Their thing was like, yeah, we're giving him house arrest just because you don't want him to like get it in jail or whatever, and like he can be safer there and have his chefs and his assistants and his medical care. But at the same time, this nigga is still serving out a debt in which he owes the government. So he shouldn't be able to willy-nilly be on social media. That was his, like, basis. The flip side of it is niggas is really in prison on social media, i.e. Kodak Black. So it's kind of a lazy argument. Yeah, also it's like... I mean, like, what's he really gonna do on social media? That's like... Just the same shit he's always gonna do. Yeah, but, like, he was just trolling people. Like, he wasn't... I don't think he was actually causing any harm via social media. Yeah, nah. It'll just be more trolling. But, uh, apparently I saw... Um... I think I saw on Instagram that, like... (laughs) It was, uh, the governor of, like, Cali was talking about if people are coming forward with information. Like, basically, if you're snitching, you're, you know, money will be offered. I saw him trolling. Yeah, and he said, on my way or whatever. He's, he's already at <laughs> yeah. it. He's been out for one day. He's already at it. But then it's funny because you see the headlines where it was like, 6 9 attorney, he says, the rapper will not be trolling uh, via social media anymore. He's done with that. that was but is that even trolling or is that just a joke? Because then we have to have that discussion of what, what do we consider jokes before trolling? Um, I think that might be trolling because I feel like trolling is anything somebody does 
to try to bring attention onto themselves. And I feel like that whole situation where, I mean, it was when I seen this shit, I did laugh. But it's him bringing his name up to, like, it's bringing light onto his name when he already got light for being released early. And now, like, it was funny, but I definitely think that's probably still trolling. What do you think, Paige? Is that what? What do we think is the difference between trolling and just like making jokes? Well, I just went ahead and looked up the definition for trolling. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's to make a deliberate, offensive, or provocative online post with the aim of upsetting someone or elicit eliciting an angry response. Hmm. So it's it's kind of like a joke is to be funny. Trolling is to like you know, poke at the bull or like just to, just to say something to like, um, make somebody mad. Like as said, bring attention to themselves, just something to get, you know, publicity. Yeah. So I, I, would I wouldn't have said that was trolling until that last part where you're basically saying like, you're doing it for the attention. And that's where it's like, I see what you're doing, my guy. Yeah. Cause if it was someone else who made the joke, it would have just been a joke. Like, where's 6 9 tag him. It would have been funny. But since he did it himself, it's like, uh, all right, man. I'm just waiting to see what comes of 6 9 once he's off a of house arrest, or even, even while he's on house arrest, if he's going to start putting out music again, he's going to start putting out videos. Like, what? what is next? Was his music even good? I mean, it was, like, some hype stuff, If you if you need some hype stuff. Uh, I think I... it was a solid zero out of ten, <laughs> but like some people liked it. Some people like Cardi. Cardi and Six Nine are the very same person to me. They're both trolls from New York who got a little radio buzz and now think they're artists. They're both trash. <laughs> but to his defense, not even to his defense, to all of these artists, this should be their time to be in their lab producing hits. They should all come up with a song weekly like Drake's Tootsie. <laughs> all of them should be putting out songs of that quality every week because what else are you doing? That's your new bop is? Is that what you're just vibing to nonstop? Nah, I'm vibing to that Rich the Kid. Mm. But that Tootsie is it. It's like that, though. But the Rich the Kid bop is, that's it. It's funny that Drake put that out and everybody said, like, oh, he's pandering to the TikTok people. And then, like, one, they're not wrong. But two, it's so it's so easy, but yet so smart because these TikTok kids do a dance. That advertisement that you get from that is unmatched compared to how much money you could spend. Yep. Yeah, it's great marketing. Um, normal times, I would have been like, "Nah, fuck, that's some fuck shit." Like, we all see what you're doing, Drake. The flow stealer of everybody else. We know what you're on. You're biting swag. The only difference is it's times of quarantine. Nobody has anything to do. Why not give them something fun to fuck around with? Because outside of the song having a nice melody and being a bop, it really don't got no words if we being honest. <laughs> like, he released a chorus and a beat, and that was it. It's like this nigga was halfway done. He was like, all right, they can have it. Ooh. Well, it's not like that's his first time releasing a song like that either, where people pick up a dance and it's like blown out of proportion or whatever. So I don't know. He does. Have- Is it not his first? 
what was that one song that he put out that everybody was like jumping out of their car to dance to? I was just thinking that. Oh, but that was the one that Shiggy danced to, but that was off his whole album, and that wasn't like meant to be a bop. Shiggy just made it. Oh, so we're talking, we're talking strictly singles that he's dropping. Yeah, I think Drake dropped this so it could be like a TikTok bop. Mm. Good on him. Because, like, it don't got work. <laughs> it's literally just got a chorus. I remember when uh, when it dropped that night, <clears throat> I listened to it, and I was like, oh, people on Twitter are hyping this up. And I listened to it, and I was like, that's it? <laughs> that's what we're hyping up right now. All right, I, I guess. I guess that's what we're doing. I don't know. I'm just waiting. I feel like, yeah, kind of how you said, like, people should be dropping bangers left and right. And, like, come a summertime, dude, if we have a summertime, <laughs> like, I, I need albums dropping. Summertime indoors. Oh, yeah. Wherever Frank is, we're waiting on that album because you've got nothing else to do right now. You know, I'm still waiting on this. No, you've got nothing to do. This J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar collab track we were promised, like, 10 years ago. Fact. <laughs> Didn't Kanye pull back an album we were supposed to get like two years ago? Probably. Yeah, Kanye had one we were supposed to get a while back, and then he just switched to the religious one that he gave us. Yeah, we got we got to see all. I think uh, I, I popped onto Instagram. I saw that Joe Budden was doing Instagram live with Drake real quick, and uh, Joe Budden said. He was like, I'm looking at 30 songs that uh, just leaked from you. And then Drake was like, oh, now that's some old shit. The album's coming soon. So now I'm about to look up these uh, these leaked songs. And where? hold on, where's the Drake and Future album? I don't want another Drake and Future album. No, nah, I need it. I gotta hear it. I have nothing else better to what do. I don't know. I don't really like Future like that, honestly. I haven't listened to Future in a minute, but still. I think yeah. Paige, was there a country concert yesterday? You're going to have to be a bit more specific than that. <laughs> Thought you would be in tune to that. Everybody kept talking in the group chat, but the girl group chat that I'm in, the white woman group chat, <laughs> about how there was like a live country concert that they were like on TV with. And there just wasn't like an audience or whatever. Did you did you miss out on a country concert last night? I literally have no idea what you're talking about. <sighs> Man, I'll look into it. I know there was a country concert last night. Is this the Dippy Eggs group chat? Nah, but that is a thing as well. Yikes! Um, did you just assume that I knew about that country concert because I'm white? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> I know, I thought, like, maybe something happened in Kentucky that I didn't know about. Yeah, no, I have no... It was no the clue. Ace... It was the ACM Our Country Music Concert on CBS last night. And they had a lot of, like, big artists on there just doing a little concert. The uh, American I, Country, whatever? Yeah, yeah. What is it? I don't know what um, ACM is. American Country Music Awards. Damn, I was... I really could have just put the M for music and I would have had it. Let me see who performed at this. I mean, I'm sure it was like big ones, like, hmm, Miranda Lambert, Dan and Shay, Dale Earnhardt Jr. 
Here we go. He's just Isn't not he a, a race car yeah. driver. <laughs> Kelsey Bellarini. Do you know Kelsey? I know of her. Dirks Bentley. You know him? Oh yeah, he's hot. Kane Brown, yes sir. Kane Brown. He's terrible. And John Legend. Yeah, Kane. That Kane Brown John Legend song is a bop. Oh my god. Kane. Brandy Carlisle. Yep. Kane Brown. Eric Church. Yep. I know you know this Luke Combs fella. I do. Lady Antebello. Yeah, they're really good. Little Big Town. Ugh, outdated. Tim McGraw. Hot. Old Dominion. Oh, they're like real old. Brad Paisley and Darius Rucker, our boy Darius. (laughs) Hootie. Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani. What's Stefani bop they got? They have um, a song out together. Hmm. Carrie Underwood and Keith Urban. I'm not going to lie. It sounds like they really put on a show. You cut out. What'd you say? I said, I'm not going to lie. It sounds like they really put on a show. Like, where was this? It was on CBS last night. Oh, like, where do they do this? Heck? Yeah, was it like pre-recorded? It was from their home to yours. Oh, they really did it from their own homes? That's what it says. That's dope. On yeah. The website. Oh, they got Florida Georgia line down there, too? Who's hmm. Thomas Rhett? Miranda Lambert? Thomas Rhett is the one that, um, oh, shit. What's that song? Um, <sighs> damn it. Hold on. I'm going to have to look it up. Did Casey Musgraves win anything, Paige? I don't know, Eric. I didn't watch it. I thought you follow her on Instagram. She would have put it if she won. I don't follow her like that. Psh, your Instagram story says otherwise. No, Big I... Facts. I love her, but I didn't watch that last night, and I haven't seen her Instagram story. Do you know who Morgan Wallen is? I do. He looks like he has a mullet. He does. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. You seem like the kind that would like either Riley Green or Russell Dickers. I don't know who either of those people are. Mm, look up Riley Green. I think you would like him. Thomas Rhett is the one that came out with that song, uh, Die a Happy Man. Yeah, I don't know that. Oh, gosh. Yeah, like what? <laughs> what did you say? Russell Dickers? Who's that, Russell Dickers? Is that what you said? Is that what you said? I didn't say anything. No, Eric, you told me to look up somebody. What was their name? Oh, I don't think you would like Russell Dickers, but maybe Riley Green. Oh. He looks cool with a hat on. He might like that. (laughs) Oh, his wife is pretty. Uh, no. Interesting. Well, maybe look up Russell Dickerson. I looked up him, too. He's got a pea head. Yeah, that's why his head was too long. Reminded me of mine. He's got a huge forehead, though. Couldn't be me. His head is so long. That means he was birthed for a long time. Really? Yeah. I feel like because Anna has a very round head, and I was talking to her mom about it one day. And she was like, yeah, when I had my kids, they came out so quick that their heads didn't really get squeezed within the birth canal. Ugh. So... I'm assuming the longer that you're in the birth canal and your head is getting squeezed on, that's like how your head gets shaped. But there's no logic to that whatsoever. 
Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I just have to assume that. Or he was like dropped on his head a couple times and like got oh. flattened out. <laughs> One of the two. Or he was sat down too much as a baby and his skull flattened. I mean, but like all the way around? I don't know. We don't know what the back of his head looks like. That's true. We have not seen the back of it. Imagine if he had a flat head. Oh. Yeah, that'd be rough. His brain would suffer. I wonder if it adapts to your skull. It's a good question. Who knows? How do we get on this topic all the way over <laughs> here? We went from 6-9 to this. Let that be known. Let's see. I gotta look up Casey, see if she wants anything. She hasn't put out music in like two years, so I doubt it. Oh, really? Yeah. That she cannot have won nothing? No, they had her for Female Artist of the Year. Are I you mean, sure she hasn't put anything out? Yeah, she put out that Golden Hour album in 2018. And then last year, all she did was put out that Christmas special. She's been touring you... the same album for like forever. How do you get an Artist of the Year nomination when you haven't put out music in within the year? Because she is that there dope. There are a lot of artists. She's just that good. There's literally no other country artist, so that's all they have left. <laughs> that's what it seemed like. See the Grammy winner's gorgeous new video for the powerful single, Rainbow. Wow. This is all old information. Yeah, she won like eight Grammys last year, but nothing this year. Let's see. Let's see. What else do we have on the docket? We got a little pros and cons of joining the military. Oh, we hopping into a into a deep one here. Um, pros and cons of the military. Here's my thing. I am on record saying that I couldn't do the military. The military is just not for me. I don't know if y'all have seen Boys in the Hood. The classic scene where he's at the beach and he tells his son, don't go into the military. The military is no place for a black man. That has always been ingrained into my head. I got a father who served in it. I got uncles who served in it. For me, that was everything I needed to know. And the reason why it just... I remember when I would go through school, it just didn't set well with me. When I would learn that like, we were promised our fucking freedom during the Revolutionary War if we fought with them. And then we'd fight and then we came back to be slaves. And then we went to fight in Vietnam. And then we came back and we're still treated like third world citizens in a country we built. So for me, the military just don't. It has never done it for me. It couldn't do it for me. I would never like shame someone for doing it if they do it the right way. I just don't necessarily like what the military does for certain people. And here's why. I think there's a right way and a wrong way to go about the military. And I'm going to break it down. I don't like how they recruit high schoolers who they don't think have anything going for them. They don't ask the star athletes if they're trying to join the military. They don't come call the guidance counselor to talk to the valedictorians or the niggas with 3.5s. It's like they prey on the weak who go into it and know that they have no other options, and they promise them this like great future, when in reality they don't tell you you're going to sign up for two or four years. You're not getting out for those two or four years. It's not you get to do this for two months. It ain't for me. I'm coming home. No, sir. 
your life is signed away for those two or four years, whatever the contract is. They're not going to pay you great, usually. Like, it's it's kind of like they house you, so they're like, oh, we're housing you, so you're not going to get a huge check, which is, like, kind of whatever, but you don't make great money. And a lot of the jobs that, like, most people get when they get these high school kids or people who are down on their luck, they're terrible jobs that don't relate to the real world. I know a girl whose brother was in the Air Force. He was a seat ejector. That's cool and all. You did that shit for four, eight years or however long you were in there. But now what the fuck? He built ejectors for fighter jets. What the fuck are you going to do in the real world when that's what you did? Or the niggas who are like armory specialists who do two years to like pass out equipment. That's cool. But what is when your MOS is some shit like that, what do you go in the real world and do? You tell them you, you collected inventory for a year. So unless you know how to use it, it kind of fucks you. Here's when I do support the military. A lot of thought has been put into it. I do I can support see. <laughs> in instances like I've got boys who have done it, and like some of my, one of my uh, dad's like cousins did it the right way. If you can use them, I support it. Don't let the military use you. If you can use them, I'm all for it. Like if you can get into ROTC and they'll pay for your school and they'll let you use the GI Bill or something like that, and then you got to go do a little two years of like active duty, or you got to do like five years on the reserve. That's fine, because you're still going to come out on top out of that. You're going to have your degree paid for. You're going to be able to get a solid job with no debt, because these niggas paid for you to go to school. Like, that's a win. I just don't like that. Like, it feels like they prey on the week to get you in there. And unless you, like, know or have good advisors or a strong family base, a lot of niggas go in there, sign their life away, and hate it for two, four years. And then they still get out, and it's like, damn. I'm at step one again, because the job I had in there Nigga, infantry soldiers, the job I had in there, I can't do in the real world anyway, so it doesn't relate. These niggas get stuck with, like, fucking, maybe if they're lucky, security guard gigs, which is, like, kind of trash. And then they get little veteran benefits and fucking thank you for your services when they tell people they they was in. And, like, that shit's not all it was coughed up to be. And these benefits aren't as great as you were told they were. Because the better benefits, you got to be in there for like 20 years anyway. So shit's kind of washed to me. You covered a lot in there. I don't even know where to, uh, where oh, to I start did. at. Um, what are my thoughts? All right, my general thoughts on joining the military. Again, I was never really about it. Um, I just could never see myself being in the military. i just not that kind of guy, which is interesting because I wanted to be a cop for a while. Um, so give you, you know, take that for what you will. Um, I think also knowing friends who were like in the military and it's kind of what you got at where it was like, oh, you're in there. You do it for a while. It might be cool. You might, you might get to go somewhere like friends had go to like Korea, Kuwait, all that. But eventually like you're just tired of being there. You want to come back home, but then you come back home and if you don't have any skill sets that you can practically use, like like you said, you're back at square one. So it's like... Big facts. Unless you can get tangible skills or kind of like we said, have the military pay for your schooling. And then, you know, maybe you work for the military at whatever capacity or you're in active duty or whatever. Like, I guess that works out for you. But overall... It is kind of like a prey on the week kind of thing. Um, 
kind of people who are like a little bit lost in life. Now, that being said, it can also be good. Like if you don't know what you want to do and then maybe, or maybe you just are the person that needs a lot of structure in your life. Cause you're going down a bad path. The military is definitely a good way to go about it. And you can definitely come out of it being successful. Like Anna's dad was in the military, but again, for years, but now he's a very successful kind of guy. Um, and then there's other certain levels of like, I know a lot of people who do the national guard and like, take that for what it is you do a couple weekends and that's pretty much it um, yeah. you get a little paycheck and you get some skills but overall i would like i wouldn't tell my kid to go in the military like i wouldn't want my kid to go in the military i wouldn't want to go in the military like it's just not my cup of tea or anything i can see for myself yeah that's like my exact stance the one thing i left out before we let Paige go my one caveat to that and this is a caveat that I never thought I would need to say until me and Eli had a boy. We were cool with his sister. And he was like two years younger than us. I worked with him for a little and we started to hang around him. And this was when I came home from college the first time. So I was like 19, 20. And he was like 17 and he wanted to go in bed. His dad did like 10 years. His uncle did like 20 something years in. And I remember asking this nigga one day and I was like, bro, like, that's what you want to do. I'm not here to like try to derail you or tell you not to. I'm just curious, like, what you want to do? This nigga looked me in my eyes. He was like, I want to go to war. I want to shoot niggas. I'm signing up. I'm going into the Marines. I want to be an infantry nigga, and I want to go to war. And I was like, you know what? I never had this experience, but if that is what you want to do in life, by all means, go to the military. (laughs) Oh, God. So, in that instance, yes, go. Nigga did three years and just stopped. He he didn't want that shit no more. Imagine that. I mean, yeah. Because he signed a three-year term or whatever with the Marines. Right after that, that nigga was done. So I say, but yeah, I, that war shit wasn't fun, was it? I mean, the Marines are like a whole different animal. Crazy. Yeah, those those niggas want to go to war. It's a problem. Yeah, like, so I mean, yeah, that is something. You, you kind of have to be a little bit crazy to want to go into the military. But specifically, the Marines is a completely different ballgame. Yeah, that's a bit intense. Um, I don't know if I ever told you all this, but before I graduated college, like my spring semester of my senior year, um, I was actually planning on going into the Air Force. Um, Really? Yeah, because I just like didn't know what I wanted to do and didn't like see myself doing any specific job. And I like still don't. Um, But I had a really good friend that was two years ahead of me. And she was, like, my same height, build. We hung out all the time. And um, she graduated and went into the Air Force. And by the time I graduated, she was a pilot. And I was just like, that looks so fucking cool. And she, like, traveled all the time and all this stuff. And I talked to my dad about it. And he was all gung-ho about it. And then I FaceTimed her one day. And she asked me all these questions. And, like, based off of the questions, she's like, yeah, you don't need to be here. And I was like, okay, well, here we go again. Like, fucking hell. But yeah, I actually put, like, a lot of thought into that. And I, like, met with a recruiter and all kinds of stuff, but did not wind up doing it. So, um. I don't like recruiters. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like if you go to, like, a career fair, they'll literally say anything to, like, get you to sign up. Yeah, it's like a horny guy at a bar, like, trying to get into your pants yeah, that will say anything. exactly. 
very good metaphor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because because where I would have graduated with my two degrees, I would have went in straight as an officer. So I would have automatically been getting more pay and higher ranking than, you know, most and all the stuff. And there was a ton of benefits, but the it she was just like based on like what I know about you and your personality and like how you deal with people, you don't need to do this. And I was like, Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but, but yeah. yeah. I feel like in a very um like structured, regimented like officer kind of like ranking system and you dealing with authority would not work. Yeah, no, that's literally what she said. She was like, yeah, you'll be in charge of people, but people will be in charge of you too, and you're not going to deal well with that because you want to go on vacation, you have to ask permission. You want to live or you want to get married and live off of, you know, base, you gotta ask permission, like all this stuff. And I was like, fucking hell, can you actually do anything? And just the amount of the amount of structure and all that, she was like, "Yeah, just don't even, don't even worry about it." It's like okay, yeah. so. Do you think it's uh well the crew thing is kind of shitty? Yeah, I don't fuck with them just because they'll do anything just to get you to sign up so they can make more money off of that. However, I would be a great recruiter for the military. <laughs> I could definitely get some people in there. Yeah, you could definitely talk your way into it. Um. What was I going to say? Uh, it was kind of like what Ez said and that we kind of talked of, but people always see the military as like a good kind of... I, I would consider the military a more committed camp where if you're kind of in the middle of life and you don't know what to do, maybe after graduation or whatever, people like go to camp for two, like the two months and they kind of get away and they come back to reality and kind of figure things out. Yeah. And they keep doing that until they eventually figure their life out. Pretty much. The issue with the military is, again, that's a two to four year commitment. Not two months. And then let's, yeah, so it's, it's like you're preying on people who are kind of lost in life. But think about it. You get lost in life. You're eventually figured out. You don't know how long it'll take. It could take weeks, months, like X, Y, Z. But usually it doesn't take you over two to four years to get that. So to com- to commit to something as much as that. Because you're a little bit lost, I never like the idea of that. I hate that part. Um, I'm a little different on the recruiter aspect. I don't mind the recruiters because I know they if they got a job to do, they still technically work for the army. They doing what they got to do to get you in there. It's almost on whoever comes in there not to be victimized and know what they're what they want and what they want to get from it. But the problem is the people coming in there don't necessarily know what they want. That's the issue there. But my next problem with just the military in general, and again, I'm not here to bash them because, like I said, I got uncles who did 30, 35 years in there. My dad did time. My godparents did time. So, like, it works for some people. And I know for, like, the older generations, a lot of them just did it because it was around Vietnam time. So they were either drafted and had to do it or they went in before they got drafted because they knew they were going to get drafted anyway. So that played a part. Um just from the stories I've read and seen and like articles and whatnot, I don't like how they treat the niggas who need the most help. And what I mean by that, I watched a, uh, it was a guy on Oprah like a year or two ago. He was a Navy SEAL and the government was trying to sue him 
because he wrote a book detailing like what it was like to be a seal and shit. Which like I mean I guess they're sworn to secrecy and those are like codes you're not supposed to tell. But bro was talking about like how he had depression and how he had anxiety and how he had PTSD and how we got in the seals at 22 and by 29 they were done with him because after six seven years you've already done too many like secret missions to where they can't keep putting that on you so like you can't know too much one two they can't keep sending you through that type of like anxiety stress and then three they gonna bring in niggas who are 21 22 who do what you do but test better anyway and they earn marginally less money than you because the seals don't get paid great either which makes no sense to me and the issue with that after i heard him talk about it he was talking about like all the issues he had and he was like, we go to second, third world countries. We take out dictators overnight. He was like, you can't then ask me to do a desk job. He was like, this is coming from a man who kicked down doors, shot women, children, and the person we were coming there to get. Why? Because we can't leave Jesus. nobody alive to tell what we're here to do. And now you want oh, me to wow. go be an accountant and punch the clock nine to five? And he was like, those are my only options, though. Because once the military is done with you, he was like, when you get into these special office, into these special options shit, he was like, you don't have the option to be Navy SEAL for six, seven years and then go be a general. He was like, when they're done, they're done. Your time is just over. And there's no real, like, he was like, there's no real middle point. We don't make millions of dollars like these movies make it seem like we're, like, superheroes or we're the best, baddest guys. He was like, nobody knows we're Navy SEALs. He was like, you can't talk to your friends about it. You don't talk to your wife about it. So this shit is what eats you up when you lay asleep at night. And I was like, what's up? The moment I heard him say, that they can't leave people to tell what they did. So he's had to kill women and children. Yet, when they're done with you, they're done with you. It's not like a certain time frame. Like, you don't sign up for 10 years. Like, nigga, we got your replacements who test better. Your time is done. Now, what do you, like, what do you expect him to go do now? Because he doesn't get the benefits Damn. of someone who did 20 years in. Damn. Yeah, I never really thought about that. Yeah, there's, that. like, no transition period. Yeah, you can't... Like, people who are, like... It's not even just, like, the special ops who are, like, SEALs and Rangers. Like, niggas who are snipers and shit, you can't go from taking niggas' lives in a war zone 24-7 to then, like, damn, I'm gonna go be a substitute teacher. <laughs> like, what? Valid. <laughs> oh, God. Especially think about that, like... So let's say, all right, you join around like 18, you get out like mid to late 20s, right? You have no like practical skills that you learn besides killing people. So then, you know, maybe you don't have a family or maybe your family doesn't mess with you. Like you literally went from like being in this structured lifestyle with people that you knew and liked to then out on the streets or like just back home out of your element with nothing to do it's like a quarter life crisis but like a legit one and not just like someone trying to figure out if they should go to grad school because they don't want to quit being done college yeah Yeah. like i looked into it afterwards the other day because i was talking to someone else about it their only real options is to go be like private security officers for like high class clients to apply to work for the secret service but even at that the secret service as selective as it is not as a as like 
honorable as it is, is like super selective because they don't like they want the seals and rangers, but they don't want the seals and rangers who did certain missions to where they think it might like fucking have left them with PTSD or anxiety or shit like that, or where they might know too much in the first place. So now we're like hand picking which one of you even have the potential to work in the secret service. And you got to think about it. That's only the stuff that we even know about. So there can, there's so much more stuff that goes on with the military that we have no idea about. Oh, absolutely. I mean, on the pro side, if you want like an easy job that you can probably, you know, if you, if you have no other career plans, military is not a bad idea. Yeah, though, you'll pocket some money in there. It won't be great. It won't be huge money. But, like, they'll pay you and you won't spend that money because you won't have an opportunity to spend that money. From what I've just seen, you just spend a lot of alcohol. I'm sure there's more. I'm sure if we had someone who was in the military, probably give us some more pros to it. But a lot of people that I know were not really fans of it and were very happy to get out. Yeah. Um, on the pro side, like I said, there was a few. Like, it works for some people. I know the people who use it right, it works for them. Like, if you can get them to pay for your school or you go to school first and then come in an officer and stuff like that, like, that can greatly help you. So there's pros on that aspect. What is uh, what is Ethan doing with it? Um, Right now he's in the reserves. And, no, right now he's in ROTC. And uh, they're, like, helping pay for – he's got scholarships for, like, school and whatnot. He'd have to speak on it more because I don't like know the ins and outs, but I know uh, he's got the option to go active or reserves afterwards. It's not like they're forcing him to do one or the other. I think he's going to – I want to say he's going to go active for two years, make that money, and then still go get this work. Because you'll make money, you'll pocket that money for going active for those two years, and then you'll go – he's going to get a fucking degree in architectural engineering, which is a great degree anyway. So, like, you, you use that system to your benefit. Yeah. So, I mean, all right, so you have guaranteed salary for two years coming out. Get some experience within the military, whatever you can use for that. People like the military. And they can hopefully get a job coming out of it. Yeah, can't be mad at it. Especially if you go to, like, foreign spots and then they'll pay you more. So, remember, I was uh, back in my volunteer firefighting days, a guy was telling me, he was like, Man, I should have just stayed in the military. They were gonna pay us like crazy amounts, like a week to be over in like Afghanistan and all that. And I was like, I don't have to tell you, man. Just, you, I don't know. <laughs> said, I'm, you, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, any other thoughts on the military before we switch it up? Props to everybody that does it, for sure. Oh, couldn't be me. So shout yeah. out to you. Will not be me. Um, let's move into a lighter subject here. Um, farmer suffrage. <laughs> this is worse than the preview. <laughs> oh, God. I really teed this one up. Uh, right. Meg was telling me about this article she had read, and it broke my heart. Um, during times of corona, the farmers... I feel like everybody knew small businesses would suffer. Nobody thinks of farms when they think of that. Because a lot of these farms are not small business. Well, a lot of farms are small businesses. But the ones I'm going to refer to, the one in particular, 
it was a gigantic business, but he is still going to suffer. Huh. So the guy has his family has owned this farm for generations. I think it's been in the family since like 1981 or some shit. So it's going on 40 years. It's like 38, 39 years, if I recall. It was either 81 or 71. So it's going on 40 years or 50 years. It's a dairy farm. Been in the family name for that long. In the article, it said that he had never been asked to dump milk. Dumping milk is literally what it sounds like. They're dumping milk down the drains. Because with farms like that, like the dairy farms, after you pasteurize milk, it can only sit pasteurized for so long. So you got to be able to move this milk. His issue is, I think he's like a little below the Reading, Pennsylvania area. So like a little south, uh, southwest of Philly. His issue is he had deals with the schools because schools give you breakfast and lunch nowadays. So they're serving you milk with every meal. That's every student twice a day is going to drink milk. He had deals with like nine districts. And he was sending his milk to these nine districts. The issue is school is now out for the year. So this nigga has all this pasteurized milk that he can't send nowhere because the schools are closed. And clearly nobody was expecting this. The article said that he was asked to dump because you can't let milk just sit pasteurized with nothing to do with it. And then you can't go send it to other people because other people are probably going through the same situation. And if they're not, they already got contractors and farmers who feel their need for milk. That's how he's managed to get nine. Like, nobody comes in on his territory, just like he can't go into someone else's. 40,000 gallons of milk is what they asked him to dump. I don't know what milk goes for everywhere, but milk is shooting for about 260 a gallon. Bro dumped over $300,000 of money down the drain because he had pasteurized it to send to these schools, the virus came, and now the schools are closed. My only hope is that, so if it's 260 or whatever at the store, that's obviously like not the market value for it. So hopefully it was a little bit less money, but that's still a shit ton of money to just have to dump. Yeah. That is, ugh. When I saw that, my heart broke a little. It was, that's so much money. And when she was telling me this, it didn't even sound like, I mean, that's clearly a huge farm if they got orders for like that much milk for the school system that they were just going to jump in this quarter. So clearly they have money. And I don't think that farm's going to hurt. A lot of smaller farms are absolutely hurting right now after I read on up on those a little. The issue is, I didn't know this, but farmers are just like the most prideful people ever. They work an honest living and they work a hard job, sun up to sundown. And it seemed like since he had had this for 30, 40 years and he's never been asked or never had to do this and he's always fulfilled his orders, it really seemed like that part hurt him. That he had like that much that he was just throwing away. And I was like, damn. Yeah. The- My only. Oh, you got I was just going to say, yeah, there are um, a lot of farmers here where I'm from, obviously, and like all of my, um, all of my uncles are in beef farming and tobacco farming and all kinds of shit. And 
yeah tobacco and um they've been hit pretty hard not like not as hard as like dairy farmers obviously in this guy's situation but um i was talking to one of my uncles the other day and he was talking about how their sales have like depleted a ton because of all this yeah really i thought people were like dying for me i figured See, that's what I thought but too. people are but it's more like locally grown is more expensive than um yeah yeah the mass yeah. produced kind of stuff not even just that yeah. from what i had read on a couple of other articles because farmers like the farmer suffrage right now is a real thing apparently yeah um dairy's kind of suffering because it's one of two ways like you got contracts and you send it out like the guy with the schools all the schools closing fucked him but he's got a bigger farm so he'll be okay smaller ones not so much but then there's the other side of it where other farmers who are who have contracts with like Walmart and Costco, they can't produce milk fast enough to give these grocery stores because everyone's like coming in and taking all the milk. So now they're looking down on them and other farmers are now coming into their spaces because they can't fulfill orders. So now it's getting tricky on that aspect. And then the produce farmers who like produce like vegetables and shit, you know, like produce, those ones are getting hit bad. Because people are rushing into stores right now during this for the last three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, and they want non-perishables. So now when we have all this material that we're sending you that y'all don't need, but the shit y'all have is now starting to expire and go bad, y'all don't then want to take another order of this because it's not moving like it usually does. Yeah, when I went to the grocery store, what, Friday? Like... Produce aisle was fine. I was like, oh, things aren't looking too bad. And I went to the frozen aisle and I was like, oh, there's nothing yeah. in here. The produce is booming right now. And that's not in their best interest because they need those to move so they can bring in their new produce. Here's my thing though. Why are people not buying I think produce? People are stupid. Yeah, I was going to say, I think people are really ignorant to the fact that like quarantine doesn't mean that you have to never leave your home ever again. That just means you need to be selective about when you do it and, you know, all that stuff. So, like, you could easily go. And I understand that people want to, like, cut down on their exposure or whatever. But you can, like, grocery shop for just produce and, like, fresh meat. What, takes 10 minutes once a week, maybe every two weeks. And you would literally be fine. Like, wear some gloves and a mask and, like... You're gonna be okay. Absolutely. I don't, I don't understand, dude. Just literally buy produce support. This is why it's it's like the thing where it's all about support local business and like at some point it's like, all right, we get it, but at some point it's also like we should probably do that at the same yeah. time. Um I think people just don't like things being shoved down their throat. So it's like someone tells me to support local business twenty times in a day from twenty different emails and I'm like all right, I fucking get it. Like, relax. Uh, I feel like first on this local business, I feel like people are a little misled by that because you'll get like the ten emails from like your local Chick Fil A and Wendy's and shit like that. Like, no, <laughs> support local yeah. does not mean to support these mega food chains and mega clothing chains. They will be fine. Yeah. Um. What was I about to say? Oh. I was the last thing I had read about it. They were talking about how, like, in all reality, these big farms that have been doing this for generations, they'll do fine. 
they've got money in the bank. If it's one thing I've learned about living in Mansfield, the niggas with money are frackers or farmers. These farmers have massive homes on huge amounts of acre, and they live good because they've been doing this for 50, 60, 70, 100, 200 years. They were really plantations, but nobody's going to call it like that right now. So they, <laughs> they're going to be fine. <laughs> the problem is the small-scale farms that aren't these powerhouses that literally just like sell to their local grocery stores or their like local farmer markets and shit like that. They depend on these numbers to be as they're supposed to be month in and month out so they can sustain their farm. Because until I looked into this and I dove deep, I didn't realize how much it took to actually want a farm. Yeah, these niggas need a lot. So when they miss out on a whole five, six weeks, that's detrimental to their whole business entity. That's why they hire migrant workers, because they'll do the work. They'll do the work, but if if we harvest all this and nobody's coming to these farmers markets because nobody wants to go because of quarantine, then we got an issue because we're not peddling no product. Just... I mean, we talk about it every week, but it, it just it I don't know what the fuck's gonna come at the end of this whenever we're back to semi normal to normal life. I feel like every week I find a different aspect of struggle within this. Because if you would have told me at the beginning of the year I'd be yeah. talking about a farmer's suffrage, I'd be like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, but it's going to get like worse and worse and more detrimental like the longer it lasts. So I feel like we're just going to continually find stuff that is like a new struggle for people. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's not great. Not great at all. When this does clear up, just prices of everyday things are going to skyrocket. And that is not what I'm excited for. That farmer who had to dump all that 40 gallons of milk? Yes, sir. Y'all going to be paying $6 for a gallon of milk. So he got to get his back. This might be a stupid question, but like, can they stop milking cows? No, because you have to get the milk. You got to milk them. So now his only option is to sit on it or to, like, you can't sit on it because you've got to pasteurize it and then fucking do something with that at some point. So your own, like, his legit only option is to milk and dump. Kind of like when people breastfeed, mm-hmm. you still got to pump and dump, like, after you, like, drink and shit. Yeah. That's what they're going to ideally do with these cows. They're going to just be pumping and dumping until they can move all of these in some Did you just compare like, women to cows? In the pump and dump aspect, yes. <laughs> but I mean, it's valid. And the worst part, because if he's got school deals and his milk, he solely sells the school districts for the most part, he's going to just keep dumping and dumping until August when he stops, usually. Oof. Yeah. Like, that shit's insane to me. Mm, and we're only Facts. in April, dude. There's not gonna be any summer school. Literally, times are rough. How was it that as mm. soon as we got back from our squad meetup, this shit happened? I mean, wasn't it like kind of starting? I feel like wasn't it was it starting like when we left? Kind of. It was. Yeah, it was at least being it talked, was talked about, about in like about? California and whatnot. But 
Oh, yeah, it was. It was over in Cabin. We were like, yeah. oh, we're going to North Carolina. It's fine. And then literally the next week, we were all like. Yeah, we, we were probably. Tom. Yeah. No, we were definitely surrounded by people with corona who didn't know it. How do y'all feel about that? Um, Have y'all seen, like, the. I don't even know if it's a trend or the, the news hitting where people are claiming that they thought they had flu symptoms like early January, December, and that come to find out that they, they are like self-diagnosing that they in fact had Corona and just thought it was the flu. So now they're like immune to it. My dad thinks he already had it because yeah, people are thinking this. Yeah. in like February he had this really bad cough and his like eyes were watering really bad. And he's like, oh, this is weird. Like, it's not like the flu, but like, you know, I'm not really sure like what's happening. And he just like could not get rid of this cough. And he was like wearing a mask at work and all this stuff just because, you know, he's a doctor and all that shit. But um, then like after two weeks, he was completely fine. And the the raspy mm-hmm. cough and just like airy cough is like the top symptom. I mean, I kind of had something, yeah, like in the beginning of January or January or beginning of February, I think February, I had like a sinus and like a cough and all that. But like, I wouldn't just make the jump that it was Corona because that seems like like I'm trying to do it for a cloud or something. I've seen people say that they're immune because they already had it back in December and January. Like there was a whole, I was looking at it on Instagram. That sounds stupid. And I was like, this is something. Well, like, China didn't even announce it until January. Like, nobody really knew what it was. That's what makes them think that they had it. Because, like, China had had, like, they had flu-like symptoms out there, and they just hadn't gone public with it yet. And, like, people were still traveling before then. So, they're like, just because we didn't know what it just because we didn't know that this sickness was Corona doesn't mean that they can't have had Corona in December, January and have since beat it. Oh. And logically it makes sense, but at the same time, logically, nah, Shardy, because I don't want you just out and about because you think you done already had it. Yeah. Do you all wear gloves don't and a mask when you go out? I, I do not. Nope. That's excessive. I don't either. It's not airborne yet, so the mask, the mask was only needed for if you had it. But even at that, it didn't make sense because if you had it, I don't want you in my grocery store. The gloves makes a little more sense because you got to like touch stuff in there. Yeah. But even at that, I'm not super pressed because I'm gonna wipe the cart down. I'm not gonna get a cart, or I'll put on Zermix the moment I get done. So, like, I'm not super, super pressed. Yeah. My main concern when I walk out is to be, like, very conscious about not touching my face. So, like, I stopped wearing my glasses when I go out because I'm constantly having to, like, push them up my nose or, like, readjust them. And that's making me more likely to touch my face. So, like, at the moment, I'm not wearing Mm -hmm. my glasses. So, I don't even, like, think about it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't wear anything when I went to the grocery store and liquor store on Friday. I just made sure to wash my hands. Go about your business, yeah. Kind of is what it is. Yeah, I can't. 
I'm not going to go crazy and try to buy stuff with all these, you know, hospitals and stuff having shortages. I don't need to buy boxes on boxes well, I, I of gloves or masks. on my Facebook, like, like, trying to make profits of, like, making people face masks out of t-shirts. And I was like, that's I don't not think those are effective. much. So... But they're like, oh yeah, ten dollars for one, fifteen for two. Let me know what color and design you want. Like, what the fuck? We, we could just wear a bandana at that point. Has you got some uh, mystery questions for us? Yeah, let me let me hit you with a mystery question or two. All right, so I was talking to my sister earlier. We were just chopping it up, just regular talking, and we were just like talking about stuff, just life, just life stuff. Um. And we had started talking about something, and we were like, it's weird to me, because my little sister is my baby sister, best friend. And we were just talking about how, like, it's weird how, like, people grow up, and some people never get to the stage where they can, like, form their own opinions, or they're, like, always fighting for their parents' validation or their friends' validation, and that, like, compromises their opinions because they, like, keep that to themselves and whatnot. And that's just, like, weirdo shit to me. And then I was telling her about how when I first got to Mansfield, I took a sociology class. Dr. Madigan, mad dog, cool as fuck. Nigga was like me. Um, <laughs> and he was telling us, he was talking to us one day, and he told us, he was like, you'll never be, uh, he was like, you'll never reach your full potential as an adult if you still think that your parents are the smartest people in the room, or if you still think that your parents always know right from wrong and your parents are smarter than you. And he was like, most people have a tra- hard time like realizing that. But he was like, this is something you should know by like 16 or 17. You should realize that, hey, my parents aren't smarter than me in every aspect. Because I feel like as a kid, you think your parents are superheroes. Your parents always got the right answer. They can help you with your homework. They know what's for dinner. They know what the temperature going to be tomorrow when you're picking out your clothes at night. The older you get, the more you should move away from that and just be free thinkers. Like, no advice is bad advice, because like, you're either gonna learn something or you're gonna you're gonna learn something. You're gonna learn what you need to learn from it, or you're gonna learn that I can't come back to this person because they give terrible advice. So, no advice is bad advice to that degree. But at the same time, there has to become a time where like, you remove yourself from the situation where it's like, that's my mom. That's my dad. I'm me. So they're right and I'm always wrong. Because until people do that, you'll never reach your full potential as an adult or a free thinker. And that's how people grow up to be like wishy-washy and can't form opinions and shit like that. So I wanted to all opinion on that. And I wanted to know like around what age did that le- did that hit for y'all? Where it's like, damn, they not the smartest niggas in the world actually. Hmm. Okay, I'll go first. So, you know Mm. how I have this thing against authority? I have not been listening to my parents since I was probably about five years old. So, I don't think at any point was I, like, thinking they were smarter than me or, like, thinking they knew, like, the best option. Because my parents are very much the kind of people that, like, they'll tell you to do something You'll ask why, and then they'll say, because I said so. 
Okay, that is not a valid reason. If you're going to make me do something or tell me to do something, there needs to be a legitimate reason. And I need to see some kind of factual information to back up that statement. Um, it got me in a lot of trouble being that way. But I've like always, never once in my life have I had a problem standing up to authority. So I could, like, that's why I don't really understand, like, when people stay at a real shit job and their boss treats them like shit. Or people, like, let their parents and siblings walk all over them or their friends or just... I've never really understood that because I'm, I stand up for myself pretty good. So I don't know. I just think it's strange, but I, I don't think I have a problem standing up to my parents at all or idolizing them in any way by any means. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've been pretty independent for a while, just kind of like thinker. I, I, I'm not sure exactly when, but there is kind of a point where you realize like your parents, there's adults in general are just older people and that's what they are. I know that sounds very like simplistic to think about, but it's honestly true where you're just like, Oh, you're trying to figure this out. Just like everybody else is. You just have 20, 30 plus years on people, whatever it might be. And, um, I mean, it's not like you can't take advice, but you should also kind of take it with a grain of salt. Cause you know, just because they're, just because it's advice doesn't mean it's good advice. But then also, don't be like negligent to good advice that's given to you, just because you you know like oh you don't know what you're talking about. It's like no, sometimes they do, and then you look back on it and you're like, damn, I should have listened. So it's yeah, it's like a little bit of half and half. But I wouldn't listen as like gospel or anything. Because that's, you're just blindly following and that'll and then, get you nowhere. Yeah, and then, like, like, they can be smarter in other things that they experience. But if you, for example, like, set a tablet in front of an older person, they're going to have a really hard time, you know, trying to figure that out. And that just means we're smart in two different ways. I've always been a free thinker type, but I'm also just a respectable Southern gentleman. I think I was probably, like, 14 or 15. When I realized, I'm not going to say smarter than my parents because my parents are intelligent people. When I realized that my parents just don't always have the answer. And once I realized that, I was like, dang, my parents smarter than your parents. If my parents don't always got the answers, you don't always got the answers. And if you're my teacher and my parents smarter than you, there's no way you always got the answers. So then it hit me and I was like, you know what? Just because this shawty might be older than me, that don't mean she always got the answers. Because that nigga a senior and I'm a sophomore. And I know I'm smarter than his dumb the fuck. <laughs> but when that shit started to click, I was like, oh, we're on to something now. But it does always make me... I can't... Me personally, I can't trust anybody who can't stand on their own convictions. Like, if you can't form a solid opinion and stick by it, then you've got no business talking to me. Because those are just the weird... I got a lot of, like, odd scenarios. And to me, those are just, like, the weirdest people in the world. Like, I don't want to ask you a question, and then you be... I don't want to ask you a question, 
and you contradict yourself in your answer. Like, oh, no, I hate that, too. But then at the end of the sentence, you're like, but sometimes it's okay. I'm like, nigga, you can't hate it and have it be okay. And that's, like, weird shit that I think comes from idolizing your parents or validation. And you just never learn to form your own opinions and stick by it. Because you always had your parents to fall back on. That shit's weird to me. I'm getting the next question already. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, God. My, my phone's spazzing. A pop-up came up. Let me close it. Let me close it. All right. Back to the old-fashioned <laughs> mysteries. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Nah, I've already asked one of those before. <laughs> oh, here we go. Do you believe in luck or karma? I mean, karma's a good in theory. However, there's also a bit of like, you know what? No, I do believe. What I don't know if it's real, but that's where I'm at. Luck and karma are definitely some type of entity out there. I feel like there's too many things that like come around to people that it's like there. There's no way there's not some type of energy or fucking vibe out there that circles back around and cancels shit out. I don't know how I feel about this. Because I, I don't I don't necessarily believe in luck. I feel like it's more just well, I mean, like, would you say luck and chance are synonyms? Like are they the same thing or are they two different things? Ah uh, Yeah. I feel, like, they have to be I different. feel like chance is just a coincidence and luck it Chances like uh, it just happened to be your day and you were drawn out of the work pool to win this $10. Luck is for four straight weeks your name has been drawn out of this pool. Okay, okay. <laughs> hmm. Luck or karma? I think I would believe in karma more just because I feel like if you're like putting good vibes out into the universe then eventually it's going to have to boomerang back to you. Or, the, or at least that's what I like to believe happens. But luck is like, there's no control over it. Not saying there's any control over karma either, but I feel like there's less control over luck rather than karma. So I would like to believe karma is more of a real thing than luck. Yeah, I definitely believe in karma. I don't know. I believe in karma. I don't know if I believe in luck. All right. What's the one item you would rush back into your burning a home to save? What? Laptop. Yep. Too valuable. Too much stuff on here. Um, mine would be any like. This is gonna get like real deep real quick, but um, I would come back in for any memorabilia or any momentums of my mom. Like I have her wedding dress and I have some like photo albums and shit. I would run back in to get those. Photo albums not bad because that's something yeah, exactly. you can't recreate. And I want like I eventually want part of her wedding dress to like be in my wedding dress or like in some capacity like it be involved. So yeah I'd have to grab that. Yeah. What would you get us? Mm-hmm. 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 
haven't done any materialistic things I care about. Um, maybe the book I'm currently reading. I'll probably come back and get the book <laughs> just so I can finish it while the house is burning. <laughs> you definitely couldn't get another. I, mean, I don't. Outside of that, it would just I have to say like clothes or something, which is like I don't really have that much. I don't really thoroughly care about like that. Gotta get my book so Thinking I can finish it while everything else burns to the ground. I love that. That's funny. Max. Speaking of caring about, what one thing do you care about that really makes you angry? Like, what is one subtle thing that hurts? Oh, God. We don't have enough time on this podcast. Oh. Let me please start this. I'll <laughs> okay. start this, and then I'll listen to what you have to say. I might even give two things that irk me. First... Loud tours. I do not understand where you were raised to where it's acceptable to smack, slurp, and chew. Like, nigga, <laughs> n- nigga, you were eating a fucking sandwich. There were people around. Why do you chew like this? That shit hurts me. Oh my god, that hurts me. I'm laughing because I that... can just see you sitting there just fuming, listening to somebody eat. <laughs> <laughs> that irks me. And then people who fucking like sneeze and then bless me, fuck you. Like what what the fuck is wrong with you, nigga? Like that bless you? No, like you don't want to bless like, me? Sneeze, and then they say bless me because you didn't say it in time or fast oh. enough. I'm like, alright, kill yourself. Like what? Oh. Oh, yeah, like, you want your own blessing. Those yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's funny. <sighs> Uh, Eric, you can go. Off the top of my head, the one thing that pisses me off is, like, bad customer service. But it's, like, more of, like, not if you're busy or if, like, the place is swamped. It's, like, when there's nothing going on and you just don't give a fuck. And I'm, like, dude, this is your job. (laughs) Like, I'm not serving you. Like, you can't just, like, bring (laughs) my eggs in a pleasant manner. That's fact, though. Um, I would say my biggest one is people with a victim complex. Like, it does not matter oh, what yeah, that's you a good fucking one. do, you're always the victim. And even if you're, it is your fault, somehow you twist it to where it wasn't your Like, that shit absolutely fucking blows my mind, and it pisses me off so bad. <sighs> Um, people that like severely lack time management skills, like I know some people like, yeah, a few minutes late, that's totally fine. But I have a few friends that it's like, you'll make a plan for five o'clock and they will not show up till six thirty. And it's like, yeah, but it's like, gotta it's make that plan an hour like early, they were dude. doing anything or like they didn't have plans before or like they were rushing from one place to another. It's like they literally just think their fucking world revolves around them. And so does time. That irks the shit out of me. What else? (laughs) Now you got tape. Sorry, she's going to go for the rest of the podcast. Um, (laughs) I really don't like when people don't clean up after themselves. Oh, that's a big one, especially when I was at catering, when it's like there's trash cans around and it's like it's not even like it's on China or anything. It's like on paper products 
It's like you wouldn't do this at your mom's house. Exactly. So like, why are you just leaving stuff all over or like, the table? My my biggest example for that is like when you have a roommate, and they're just constantly leaving their shit everywhere, like plates, clothing, shoes. Yeah. Like fast food shit. Ever I cannot stand it. it is, oof. Um. What else? Oh, and then my last, like the biggest one I can think of is people that are just flaky. Like, you have to cancel one time or, like, one out of every ten times. Like, yeah, totally cool. But just, like, if you don't want to come or you just, like, straight up can't, just go ahead and tell me. That way I'm not depending on you, like, showing up or I can find someone else. Or, like, don't bail last minute. I've, I've had a situation where a friend, I bought them concert tickets for, like, occasions twice and they're like all down for it blah blah blah. then it literally came to the day of and they canceled yeah see don't do that just again like you said just be honest about it and be like hey i don't want to go right like i you know i can't go oh my god at least give me a heads up i do hate when people get angry about things like kind of how you said like victim but also try to i hate cancel culture so much like just trying to cancel it's people so for like petty. any little thing. And it's like, it's like, oh my God, you made a problematic tweet 10 years ago. You need to get canceled. It's like, what? Yeah. Something from 10 years ago, we're Nobody bringing that up? the exact same person they were 10 years All ago. Right. Like, Man, yeah. people change on like a weekly yeah. basis around here, dude. What are we talking about? I zoned out a little. Because I was looking for the, I was looking for the next one. Oh wow! So you didn't even listen so, to yeah. mine. Do I need to re-say them? Nah, <laughs> um, I listened to mine. <laughs> oh my Paige god! Paige really yes. hates when people and don't listen to her. Is terrible about it. <laughs> Bro, because Ez is like, you'll talk to Ez, and then he's like, you'll hear the Snapchat click, and he's like, oh, what's up? And it's like, oh, bet. Oh. We've now moved into the would you rather section. It seems kind of weird, but these are like one-liners, so it's not too bad. Would you rather have the hiccups for the rest of your life or always feel like you need to sneeze but can't? Always feel like I need to sneeze because if I hiccup too many times in a row, I throw up. Yeah, but how often are you hiccuping? But if you're doing it for the rest of your life... Hiccups hurt after a while. Hiccups hurt after a while. Yeah. It's literally fucking up your diaphragm. Here's the thing, though. When we we had our uh, training class, and this girl would randomly hiccup throughout it, and at first we thought, like, there was something, like, she was sneezing. No, she just has permanent hiccups, huh. and she was living just fine. So I can do it, because they were very sporadic. It wasn't, like, how normal hiccups are. So I wouldn't be mad at that. I feel like I'd take the always need to sneeze, but can't. Because that probably doesn't hurt. And it... It's... <laughs> That's true. But you I'm don't get that satisfaction. And your eyes would just always water. <laughs> You're like always edging, but you just don't get that release. <laughs> no, I still sit with hiccups because it like physically hurts my sternum and diaphragm so bad when I hiccup that I throw up every single time. Bro, yeah, like it what? Is Bro, how aggressive of a hiccup do you have? It's terrible. She's got like a fucking like, <laughs> no, jail what, hiccup. What dude. really like, sucks when I when I used it. to swim and I would have hiccups, and I accidentally hiccuped when I was swimming once and almost 
drown myself. Yeah. Jesus. Funny now, but at the time it was a little traumatic. Would you rather eat a gallon of mayonnaise <laughs> or four sticks of butter? Four sticks of butter. Four sticks of fucking butter. Four uh-huh. sticks of butter. No, I think I'm going mayonnaise because <laughs> I don't even like mayonnaise. Are we aware of how thick butter is? I feel like it just be four sticks. You said four of sticks? I feel like it'd be easier to get mayonnaise down because mayonnaise is almost like a pudding texture. I'm literally going to throw up if you like keep you... saying mayonnaise. But you said a like gallon? Like, like a gallon of mayonnaise? Swallow it as opposed to four sticks of butter. That's what I also kind of think, but I just can't with mayonnaise. Especially a gallon. Yeah, you don't realize how big that is. So mayonnaise much. has the most repulsive smell I have ever smelled. Not really. When you sit it down, it jiggles. But you did not say that I could not melt the butter. So. No, I said you had to eat four no, sticks no, no. of butter. It can, so mm. still got to be a stick of it butter. It can be a stick of butter just in a liquefied state. And I would just nah. drink that shit. But mayonnaise, I would. It, that's even yeah. worse. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, I could definitely take down a butter, like a glass of butter. I feel like you think that's easier than you could. You would die in the midst of drinking. I mean, I might get like a blood clot. This would clog your arteries. <laughs> you can like I cut guess. it with water. <laughs> Dude, nah, what if you funnel it? Would you rather end the life of a single human being or 500 cute baby animals? Wait, what? You end the life of one human being or 500 cute baby animals. Um. Oh. My split second thought was the person. Okay, but like, but then I, I thought. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Oh, that changes it a bit. Because my. I feel like 500 is a lot of animals to kill. (laughs) Okay, like, is this... No, that's kind of a fucked up question to ask. I'm not even going to ask. Fucking hell, that's hard. I really love animals. (laughs) What if you could pick the person? All right, fair enough. I'll I'll alter the question. Would that change it? Would Would you rather take the life of the single human being in your family <laughs> or 500 cute baby animals. <laughs> uh, Stop. How close no, is a family member are we talking about? <laughs> oh, man. I literally have 50 second cuts. Um, I'm not. Yeah, baby animals. Okay. Damn, that's a lot of people to kill, though. How is there like a C four method we can do? Like, can we do like nah. a mass blast <laughs> to like you make it easy? <laughs> you gotta look him in the eyes. And look him in the eyes. This is when that executioner would come uh. into play right here for 150 bucks. Uh. Yo, hundred. I was gonna. Would you oh, rather? Oh, what? My last point on Jesus. that. Well, the fucked up part that I was gonna ask is: Is this like a grown human, or is this like a fetus? 
Okay. Anywho, <laughs> would you rather relive the same day for 365 days or lose a year of your life? Lose a year of my life in one aspect. Um, you would from this Probably point on, so you wouldn't get 26, you would just go straight to 27. Yeah, truly. Hey, with this if coronavirus, that's not the worst deal. I would at this point. Um, I don't know. That kind of makes me think of that movie Fifty First Dates, where that girl just keeps living the exact same day over and over again. Yeah, like what? No, oh, I can't spoilers. watch. That's, that's not like a spoiler. That's like yeah. they tell you that in the first ten seconds. Oh my god! No, I don't know what's going to happen in the first ten. Oh, I can get to god. enjoy that. Well, fuck it anyway. Yeah. Um, I would say probably use a lose a year of my life. But on the other hand, if you were living every single day, mm. the exact same for a year, that's also like using a year of your life. No, because you still get that year. And then, like, if you live the exact same day over, you wouldn't realize that you're living that exact same day over and over. No, I feel like it's like Groundhog Day, oh. where you like know that you're going through the same I day. I feel like day. my productivity would go out the roof. You know how much you could then accomplish if every day was the exact same day for 365 days? By the time Tuesday came, I would be so far ahead of everything I wanted to be. It'd be kind of crazy. But isn't that kind of no, like how it is? Tomorrow's still tomorrow. It's <laughs> the next day on the calendar. If I had 365. Yeah, but like, there's yeah, but nothing going on. Corona. We're not in Corona in this situation. If I had 365 April 6s, you could plan a whole business out. You could write a book. You could read so many self-help books to better yourself. There's so much you could do with having one day 365 times. I'd have to I would need way. to know if I was going to have short-term memory loss or not. Because if I don't realize that it's the exact same day for 365 days, then I would go that route. But if I do realize that, just go ahead and take a year of my life. Do you get to carry over the work that you've been doing? Because, like, what if, like, it literally resets, like, Groundhog Day? So then if you need a groceries, you'd have to go get groceries. Or if you went to get a book, you'd have to finish that uh... book in that one day. You have to get the book. That could get tricky. I feel like we put way too much thought into these <laughs> would you rathers or like well, we on. don't give if anything like a split second year, thought. Like... It's always like in depth. Um, I think that was the last of my would you rathers. Yeah, that was. Alright. Um The only poor stock sports talk we really have is that the NFL draft is gonna be online. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Can't wait. Oh, Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, UFC 249, April 18th. It's still going down, apparently. Beeb's out. Gaethje's in. That's the news. Um, yeah. So, we'll have sports again in two weeks. Um, let's get into some music and TV recommendations. Uh, Who wants to start it off? Um, I'm finally done with Love Island, and I have moved on to Ozark. Um, currently on season two, started it yesterday. <laughs> um, 
Or maybe it was Saturday. Jesus, I don't dude. know. The days are running together. Um, so that's TV. Let's see for music. I stumbled upon this song called If You Loved Me by Gracie. That's pretty good, so I'll recommend that one. Um TV wise, I've been on a movie kick, so I'll just say people a couple of movies. I say go peep either us or Queen and Slim. Music wise, go peep that new Rich the Kid single. It's kinda like that. Can't remember the name though. Um, let's see. TV wise, I finally started <laughs> watching Tiger King. It's pretty electric. <laughs> I'm only two episodes in, but I definitely want to buy a tiger now. And because they're, well, I guess you can't do it. It's illegal anymore. Yeah, they were only going for yeah, $2,000, which is a steal. So maybe I'll still try to inquire about getting oh. one illegally. I don't care. I'm above the Big wall. Facts. And um, <laughs> music recommendation, uh, deathbed qu- quotations or comma, whatever, coffee for your head. Banger of a song. Don't remember who sings it. Wait, but can you repeat I that? I remember the name. So look that up. It's got those good walking vibes. Deathbed, comma, coffee free. Did you say it's got those comma. good walking vibes? <laughs> Bro, I, I I was listening to it after my run, walking home. Solid. Like right, sun's coming down. Great song. Just all the vibes. Next, next time you're on a late night walk, pal- headphones oh. in. It's got to be headphones in. Just put it. Got you. Yeah. Be That's some like, weird feature on it. It's like be, be something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, dude. Be Badoobie. <laughs> yeah, dude. The vibes are so good. I'm telling you. Late night walk track. That's it. Yeah, but I think that's it. It's another episode of Porsche Talk. Thank you for listening. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Porsche Talk No A. Leave us a review on Apple iTunes. Subscribe on there, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere else. There's nothing else to do, so just keep listening to this. Have another happy hour edition coming Friday. We'll be drunk as always, and that's it. So we'll be back next week. Thank you. I know that you've been waiting on me, I'm out front I know you're sick of playing these games, I'm about done I can turn this shit up a couple of thousand You man 